Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Hey, Mike Lynch here. Hey, and I'm Patrick Harris. You probably like baseball, which is why you're listening to this. This is the uh, Hot Corner Podcast. Well, I kind of like baseball. I guess I'll tune in. Baseball's pretty neat, so thanks for listening. This is brought to you by your local Les Schwab Tire Center. Doing the right thing since 1952. Woo, baseball! The baseball season is way too long. The game is way too slow. It's so boring to watch. Shut up. Get your peanuts, Cracker Jacks, and IPAs ready. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch. Swing and a long drive. Deep to right. Covering all things baseball. Going. Going. The big leagues. Going. Going. And the MLB to Portland. Goodbye. He has done it. He has changed the game of the night. Now, here are your hosts, Patrick Harris and Mike Lynch on 1080. Bang! Zoom! Go the fireworks! The fan. Welcome into the hot corner for it's gotta be a Wednesday because it's always a Wednesday. Hold, please. My headphones were turned up to 11. Yeah, Rob and Suk blast, and Joe, blast the living hell out of their ears. Well, and what's interesting is that I, uh, I don't know, man. I listen, when I listen to, like, music, full blast. When I got speakers at the house, full blast. Car, crank that baby up. Yeah, if the three of us have them blasted, Mike, and you're the one that thinks it's too loud, maybe it's just you with the problem. Well, I also think it's too loud, too. I do have a problem. It's called tinnitus. That's why I keep it quiet. Oh, (laughs) hoax, made up, not real. Fake news. Fake Fake news, Lynch. Fake ear disease. (laughs) Incurable ear disease must be fake. Isn't that what uh, Bradley Cooper had in A Star is Born? Uh, I don't know. I've never seen the movie, but yes. Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. But I think. He also was dealing with, you know, alcoholism and drug use. <laughs> well, that's that's that, that, that was also yeah. that was also a, a tough call. Mike, you should see it. It's not a bad flick. Okay. Uh it wasn't it was not a bad movie. Um I have seen it you guys myself. You're selling it really well. It wasn't bad. Well, it's like the fourth time it was made. You know, okay. it's been made a lot. Uh Judy Garland was in it. Um Streisand this one was is, in another uh, Barbara one. Streisand was in it. Lady Gaga, right? This was Gaga. Uh, she was actually really good in it, and the movie's really great. Uh, you know, it follows a, a a woman who meets a man who is uh, 
Bradley Cooper is already in a semi-successful rock band, and he meets her and brings her on stage, and she starts singing. Everybody's like, oh, my God, who's this girl? Uh, the movie's pretty good, and then she turns Gaga, and I'm kind of like, eh. Movie for the most part is pretty are good. You not, are you not a fan of Gaga? Uh, not my style of music. Gotcha. Uh, I think I think the woman is uh, fantastic. Very um, talented. She actually writes her own music, and I know that's weird that I have to preface a, an artist in 2020 that actually <laughs> writes their own music. Uh, again, hoax. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Fake news. Uh, she actually can play multiple instruments and writes her own music. Uh, so for that, I must give her uh, some cred. Cool. She's good. She's good. I thought her Super Bowl halftime show was fantastic. Yeah, it was good. I uh, I haven't listened to her in a while, but I liked her first few albums when they came out. I also get really confused sometimes when I hear Hopeless Place. Is that a Rihanna song? I don't know. Beat, beats me. I in mean. a hopeless place. Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's my girl, Riri. Is that Rihanna? All right, yeah. I sometimes think that song is... You just remind me, I got to give her a call later, too. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Well, let her, let her know that I think Hopeless Place and Poker Face are the same song. <laughs> yeah, I can see how you could uh, get those confused. Yeah, yeah, because I'm just like, Hopeless Place, Poker Face. <laughs> Yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe she, maybe she wrote "Hopeless Place" for Rihanna. Are that you, wouldn't shock me. Are you implying that songs on the radio sound the same, Patrick? Um, let's see. Here. I wouldn't. I won't believe that either. Yeah, I do. <laughs> yeah, I do. Um, I think there's. I don't a, trust anyone. A lot of a lot of indie rock, which uh, I am still waiting on a true definition of that genre. Uh, I think a lot of that stuff sounds the same. Hmm. You know, everyone's like, I love Tame Impala. Have you heard this band and this band and this band? I'm like, you mean Tame Impala? Like, what do you want from me? Like, they all sound the same. Isn't, um, oh, isn't indie rock supposed to be different than the norm? So, like, what is on radio, but the opposite of that? But every single city in America has a station that plays only that, including one, including us that has one three doors down. Yeah, legendary. They used to play seven. three doors down. Just saying. Just saying. The legendary 94 7 used to play three doors down. All right. I, that is not fake news. You know, I'm, I almost want to. I actually don't know that. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I've listened to 94 7 for a while, and I feel like three doors down is something that they would pass on. Yeah. Mark Hamilton is very good. Yeah. He's a, yeah. This exactly. is also, this is also like, we're talking like 20 years ago is three doors down. Yeah. I would expect like Weezer to be on there, right? Oh, well, yeah. Know, of something course. like that, but not. Three doors down. Like, that's like putting Nickelback on there, just about. I mean, those guys started somewhere before they were pop. Uh, yeah, they did. They did. Sure, sure. True, true, true. But 94.7? I don't know, oh, man. 92.3, I've heard play, like, Pearl Jam. Well, yeah. And I'm like, that's not classic rock. Yeah, they had rock. Nirvana the other day. Okay, here's. Like, that's not classic rock. This is my thing. Oh, is Mike about to give, spit the deets <laughs> on what classic rock is? No. Um, I view. Classic rock, quote unquote, okay. as an ever evolving genre, because to me, it's like a it's like a 20 to 30 year marker in the past. Right. So as you keep moving forward, bands that started later and later that were not considered classic rock 10 years ago are now considered classic rock. So I think that Pearl Jam, who came out, what, 80s, late 80s, early 90s, early 90s, early 90s. I think that's starting to get into the border of classic music now because it's. 30 years old. That's 30 years ago, right? See, I've always viewed classic rock as like 67 to 78. 
is kind of how I view else. it. Well, yeah, because then you get into like punk, and then you get into like hair bands. Yeah, and that's and a then you more get into 80s. grunge. To where when I hear classic rock, what do you call like? Zeppelin, The Who, Frampton, Boston. Oh, it's classic rock. Yeah, that's yeah. classic rock. I understand. To where, to where, like, Pearl Jam, Soundgarden, Alice in Chains, that's grunge. Motley Crue, Poison, Van Halen, that's butt rock, you know? <laughs> like, they have their own kind of genre right. to where, you know, Zeppelin in the 70s is classic I don't, rock. I do not disagree with that. I think that is true. However, if you are a radio station and you're playing music from the past... If you're a classic station, then are you going to play literally the same decade over and over and over and over again? I think that's what people want. Because right now, what radio station, if that was the truth, would be playing grunge? A 90s station. Okay, but there's not a lot of 90s. I'm talking like, think about like terrestrial radio, right? I'm not talking about satellite radio. Maybe I don't know terrestrial radio as good as you do. And I'm willing to admit that. Um, I just... You don't often turn on like the dial and it's like, this is blah, 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 blah. The 90s station in Portland. Like, right, no, right. it's, it's more like, generalized. Than but that. like, I sometimes listen to uh, The Way It Is by Bruce Hornsby. There's a, 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 there's a Spotify radio station that I listen to. The Way It Is by Bruce Hornsby. That's just the way it is. Yep. And it's all these great like 80s kind of pop rock sort of thing. And then every once in a while, a Hooting the Blowfish song comes on. Now, I love Hootie and the Blowfish. I grew up with that. You know, and if you like country, Darius Rucker is, you know, he's inducted in the Grand Ole Opry. You strike me as a Hootie and the Blowfish but what I, But what I'm saying is, is every time that song comes on, I'm like, what? Ugh. And I get mad because it's not part of the genre that I want to listen to. That makes sense. When someone just, says you want to listen to classic rock, I'm like, give me the Who, give me Petty, give me, you know, Zeppelin, it. give me Boston. And even some of those like really crappy bands in the 70s that had two hits that everybody loves. I get it. But I think that you will lose those bands in between the 80s, 90s. And as you keep going, you will continue to lose those bands if you don't include them in a classic rock format, because um, that is not a, 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 a genre that is serviced by a specific radio station necessarily. I just don't think that the person that turns into a radio station wanting to hear more than a feeling by Boston also wants to hear Black Hole Sun by Soundgarden. Why not? They're both great songs. But they don't, you tune into a radio station because they play the style of music you want to listen to. Yeah. I it's like if that. I tune into a hip-hop station and then they play, I mean, I don't know, Three Doors Down, but it's because they play 90s hip-hop. Like no, that doesn't. No, they would play the that, Three Doors Down Jay-Z remix. <laughs> that's not what I really want to hear. Great song. <laughs> uh, Deal chimes in. Uh, where, where was this? Where was this? It was here. It was here. It was here. Here, back in the oh. early two thousands, ninety four seven NRK played three doors down. Cool. I trust Deal. I trust Deal more than like anybody in this entire station. That's saying a lot. Yeah. Well, he listens to more than anybody does. So. Yeah, I think that's he's probably reached that point. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> what? I mean. No, I'm not. Proves in the point. I'm not denying that that's not true. I'm just. I'm going back to the original point. I think that. Radio stations have a responsibility, in my opinion, to include all of the music that has been loved at some point, right? Right. You've got an oldie station, usually, and that plays like 50s. 60s. 60s little 60s, little 60s, too. Little 60s. Up to like 66. Yeah. Um, where classic rock starts at 67. Exactly. But what I'm saying and is- And ends at 78. 
Yes, I, I don't disagree with you. I do not disagree with you. That is when that genre existed, right? <laughs> it was just rock back then, but yes, it is now considered classic rock. Yeah. Uh, a little bluesy if you want to go Led Zeppelin too. Sure, but, sure. Um, there's not like a hair metal station that's just like on in every city. There should be because I think some people not would... just like a grunge station. I think there should be. Well, but I'm saying is there is play some so deep they... cuts. Give well, me some like Blind Melon that's not No Rain. Where do where do those bands get played then? Right again, if you think about us as a cluster, what do we have in our building? We Say have that again. If you think about us, yeah. as a cluster, mm-hmm. what do we have in our building? We have ninety two three, classic rock, right? ninety four seven, which is alt, which okay. is a lot more of the like new trendy stuff. Okay, um, you've got the wolf, which is country. You've got the buzz, which is pop, which is the less indie pop stuff. Right. Then you got Charlie, which is everything, right? Yeah, but they say that. Charlie is like 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s, and today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, that's like the national Jack FM. Sure. Like, that's like that style. Sure, but they're not claiming to be something different. And I'm not bashing on 92.3 here. I've been listening to 92.3 since I was like 14 years old. All I'm saying is look at our cluster here. Those are the stations that exist, right? Mm -hmm. Is Charlie the only place that you can play Nirvana? No. Well, with Charlie. No, because 94.7 would be. Because that's still alternative left of the dial. They play everything. That's their quote. Right. That's my point. Is is the only place you can find Nirvana or Soundgarden or Poison, whoever. Um, Ooh, I wouldn't put Poison on anything. I personally listen to Poison, but I make sure it's an earbud so no one in my apartment <laughs> complex hears me listening to Poison. Is that Every only acceptable? We both lie silently still in the Is that only the acceptable night. on Charlie? I think so. Uh, I think so, yeah. <laughs> All right. Go Charlie, baby. Go Charlie. All right. You know, Mikey. I've lost my argument because you two disagree <laughs> with me, but that's okay. Mike sounds like company man. Company man. <laughs> I'm not trying to bash radio stations. Mike, like, look, hold up, Kay. Everyone in the building here is awesome. I just, it's just what I've always believed about those types of stations is that they should be evolving as we continue to move forward because those bands should be considered classic at a certain point. Nirvana is a classic band. Let's get Tim Taylor in here and let's ask him what he thinks. Okay. Yeah. I don't think he's in the building. I was well, say, I know, probably but I mean, like, at now. some point, like, Plus, I just think it's funny to talk to him. Hey. <laughs> He's a good guest. You know what? I think we can all agree to this. I like the music I like. Fair enough. Fair enough. Oakley Dunkley. Well, we got a show for you guys today. There's a little bit of baseball news. We'll get to that. But we're also going to kind of jump all over the place. We got story time with Uncle Patrick makes a return at 745. Wow. I'd like to get into that. I've been watching the uh, Ken Burns documentary again, and it just made me kind of think of something that was really kind of hey, blowing my mind. We're seven days away from the potential restart of baseball. Yeah. Yeah. This At this time, we will be hopefully, cross your fingers, watching Giants-Dodgers. On Wednesday night next week, doing a show with maybe Big John. Hopefully. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. Also, uh, Yankees Nationals will have already been completed. <laughs> yep. We'll watch that on It'll Tuesday. An hour. No, Wednesday. They're, oh, when, oh, they're the early game. Right, yeah. right, right. Uh, it's going to be a two hour and 20 minute game because it's Garrett Cole versus Max <laughs> Scherzer. Scherzer. Scherzer's going to have a no no into the eighth and the Nationals lose 1 <laughs> 0. <laughs> uh, and then uh, let's see. Coming in the eight o'clock hour, let's get into a little uh, NBA bubble talk because this is an NBA show. So I don't want to sleep on that. 
Uh, we got all that for you guys. Uh, you can find us on social media. Mike's on Twitter at Mike Lynch 27. You can find me on Instagram at PDD085. And our fantastic producer, Mr. Joe Fisher, is on Twitter at JoeFish3. That's F-I-S-C-H. You can also uh, download the Beers on Us podcast drops tomorrow. So we do a little experimentation, talk a little dry hopping. You can get that wherever you get your podcast, including at 1080 The Fan. There's also the fan text line at 503-250-1080. That lets you interact with us throughout the entire show. All right, when we come back, there's a little bit of kind of news and notes in baseball that I want to get to, see if any of it moves the dial. We'll do all that next. This is the Hot Corner, 1080 The Fan. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Seven twenty-two here, Portland Sports Leader, ten eighty, the fan live from the poop-filled Willamette, and let me tell you, the scenery here is fantastic. Gorgeous day out. Gorgeous day out. Hey Patrick, you want to move? Joe's screaming at the sun. It's so beautiful out. <laughs> it's so beautiful out there, guys. Yeah, it's really nice. It kind of reminds me of Tatooine with the twin suns, you know. If I go crazy, then. You still call me Superman. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Sorry, JR. Shout out, buddy. Good luck. Don't, don't hate that song. <laughs> Come on, man. I remember when those bands came out, and they weren't, like, they were kind of, like, a little bit of the new, they, they were a little watered-down grunge. I mean, that was my sweet spot growing up, mm-hmm. was those bands for that genre. Like, I grew up, well... I grew up listening to boy bands because Backstreet Boys and NSYNC came out Derp. the second uh, I turned like six. So it was like, wow, this is my genre. second you turned six, I was like 12. And things were moving around, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I Slow just dancing to Usher in middle school was a treat. I just kind went, of. Also this, terrifying. This music is cute. Um, and then I got into rap. So rap was really what I dove into. But if I was picking kind of like the pop rock, which is what I like to call it, what I liked to call it genre, it'd be like bands like that. Three Doors Down and Linkin Park and yeah. Papa Roach was more metal, but poppy, I guess, because it was on radio. Um, I mean, those kind of bands were just like in that sweet spot for me. Yeah, I was. I had already been through kind of like the 90s rock and a bunch of the hip-hop and still rocking the hip-hop stuff. And uh, then, I, then I, to be honest with you, started getting into blues a little bit, and mm. then the jam bands came along. There they are. And here we are now. Still there? Still there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, next, Sunday, I, next Sunday at work will be uh, Sundays at work are always jam band Sundays. Next Sunday, featured artist, Bela Fleck and the Fleck Tones. I don't know anything that you just yeah, said. Yeah, I went down a deep, dark hole of Bela Fleck last night. Question What age were you when you found jam bands and found that you love them? Um, 12, 13. Really? That's my introduction to the dead and dmb okay that's a little younger than i would have expected i didn't get fish until a little bit later um the for me with the metal it was like 20 mm. 18 19 20 is like kind of when i hit that and i haven't looked back since mm-hmm. then i mean my my tastes within that genre have changed but 
Um, I was curious if you had a similar experience where it was like right in, in college, you found jam bands were like, this is my thing. No, me, I caught them was, early. For me, metal was like, this is my thing in early college. I caught, I caught jam bands early, and I think it's because like my gateway is classic rock and listening to live shows of them, like live shows of Zeppelin, The Who, stuff like that, where, you know, when Jimmy Page extends Dazed and Confused for like 15 minutes, and when The Who just start getting after something for a little bit, John you know. John on the 15-minute Moby Dick solo. Yeah, yeah, stuff like that. I was kind of like, you know, there's no lyrics, and there's weird sounds coming out. I kind of dig this. And then my family introduced me, and they were like, you like that? Try smoking weed and listen to this band. <laughs> Thanks, I mom. I didn't smoke wow. weed, but you know what I mean. You know, growing up around a bunch of people talking about the dead all the time and listening to that, you're kind of like, oh, no, cool. <laughs> the only thing I will say that, like, was my own kind of discovery that has continued to influence me through the end of time is hip-hop. I mean, that's that's been with me since the very beginning. And my parents were never into it. Right. Um, that was just, I discovered that when I was, like, in third grade. I used to go over to my buddy's house right before we catch the bus every morning and we'd watch MTV videos and Kurt Loder would tell us the news and yep that was I had, life. A, very, I had a very similar the great Kurt Loder is he still alive I hope so if he dies that'll be a sad there day. was Kurt Loder news a, one, a month ago I don't remember what it was though um, just busy being the raddest dude ever I unless he's not if he's not the raddest dude then I do not support this Kurt just want to make sure Loder. that that is clear because you never know. Anybody could go down a bad path at any moment. Uh, 75. 75, Kurt Loder. Still alive, yeah. Still kicking. And uh, no, I don't see any unfavorable yes. articles in Google about nice. him, so I think we're in the clear nice. For some reason, we talked about him on primetime a month ago. I don't remember for what. Um, I liked, I listened to rap, too, a lot, but that was, uh, like, the town I grew up in was a lot of rap, so that was a lot of, like, socially in school is kind of how I got into that genre. For me, your rap was my metal. Nobody listened to metal that I knew. It's a totally out there genre for most people. Yeah. And for some reason, it just like clicked with me. Thank you, Guitar Hero. Thank you, Rock Band. That was a poor choice of looking backwards there. No, you're fine. I'm um, <laughs> I'm just uh I'm I'm just I'm older than you. Yes. And hip hop when I was a kid, gangster rap dominated. Straight dominated. And then, you know, there was a little bit of nineties rock, and then the boy bands and Christina and Britney and that kind of stuff came along. Gotcha. That was very early for me. Yeah. Yeah, what was the... There was Kurt Loder news. I know they talked about Kurt Loder. I mean, he's great. Maybe the fact that he's just alive and well, 75, still kicking. And hasn't said anything stupid. And how many times have, yeah, Isaac and Sue gone on a tangent to find out, like, is he alive? Is he still alive? Oh, is he I'm, dead? Oh, I'm sure. I feel that's about once a week on somebody. <laughs> I'm sure they claimed Kurt Loder was dead. Uh, but he's not. No. I want him to give me the news. Like, I like Lester Holt. MTV but, News. But can man. I get Kurt Loder on a news station right now? Can I get I'm a Kurt Loder, and this is MTV News. Of Kurt Loder and Jon Stewart and Stephen Colbert, and just, like, get that, that like, thousands, late 90s to, to thousands newscast yeah. back? Yeah, well, I mean, Kurt Loder always had a serious face. I'll never forget the morning that he told me that, you know, in Las Vegas, Nevada, Tupac Shakur was shot and killed. We had to get on the bus right after that. Oh, you saw that live? Well, like I that? didn't see the shooting. The news report from Kurt yeah, Loader. Yeah, yeah. We were waiting for the bus. It was an early bus ride, and we were watching a video, and then Kurt Loader popped on and said Tupac Shakur was shot nine times and was pronounced dead in Las Vegas the night before. And we had to go to school that day, and, and we, we, were like, warned. we were like, how am I going to get through math class in third grade? Tupac's dead. 
And now he's in South America just chilling, living his best life probably. I hope he's not in South America. There's a lot of COVID in South America. He's in a good part. A good part. <laughs> a crossed. good part. Staying optimistic here. Okay, all right. All right, when we come back, I want to get into a little few news and notes on some baseball stuff, see if any of this kind of stuff uh, moves the needle for you. I want to kind of talk about a little bit of some people sitting out because of COVID-19, a few injury updates, things like that. We'll get to all that next. But first, there's my man Joe with sports. This is the Hot Corner with Harrison Lynch on 1080 The Fan. Sunshining moment. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes, that fits. <laughs> You're just trying to slip it in there. Yep, 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 yep. Hey, let's talk a little baseball. How do you feel about that? I feel great about that. You feel great about that? I mean, I'm excited to have baseball back. Yeah. I know, a- I know I didn't want this short of a season, but because it's here, I'm excited to watch it. Hey, man, it took me a little bit with the uh, English Premier League. Plus, also, the play was really sloppy at first, and I was kind of like, oh, God, I don't want to watch the rest of this. I watch every game every day as much as I can. Yeah, I mean, I'm in. there's games basically every day. And I think baseball is going to be the same way. Then at probably first, I'm going to be like, ah, this is kind of sloppy. This looks like preseason stuff. You know, some pitchers aren't going to be right kind of on form. Uh, speaking of... Uh, Story time with Uncle Patrick in 15 minutes. Make sure oh, you yeah. check that. Oh, yeah. Um, you Based know my, on Ken Burns baseball. You know my love of pitchers, so I've just been kind of reliving some great pitchers in the history of baseball. Right. Uh, but I want to start with this real quick. Um, I found the list of kind of some of the, the, the bigger names of people opting out in the 2020 season, and I'm curious as I list some of these names if any of them – can potentially change your mind about how this team might perform. Okay. Uh, in alphabetical order of teams, just because that's how the article's written, uh, Mike Leak not going to pitch for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Now, in a short season, Mike Leak could be a really valuable guy. He kind of reminds me of, like, the old Kevin Millwood days and the Bartolo Colon days. In- innings eater, yeah. Yeah, when you'd be like, I got to get this guy on my fantasy team, and then in July, they're... Pfft, but maybe now. Anyway, Mike Leak not playing. I don't think that has much of an effect at all. All right, Felix Hernandez. No, I don't, I not don't think Leak is that. Oh God, Felix Hernandez isn't playing. I actually am kind of sad about this because I I was kind of excited to see if he had anything to offer as the fifth starter for the Braves. Oh, that's right, he's in Atlanta now. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, I yeah, that means nothing. Uh, Nick Markakis. That's big. Uh, Markakis is old. Said he had a, quote, eye-opening talk with teammate Freddie Freeman, who has recently tested positive for right. COVID-19. Um, that means he must have it really bad then, Freeman. Um, yeah, that's big. Markakis is an on-base machine. He's a leader in that in that clubhouse. We've talked about this. I mean, he's he's a favorite player of Joe Fish. Yeah. I mean, we look, he's got an outside shot at 3,000 hits. Orioles legend, Nick Orioles Markakis. Orioles legend, Nick Markakis. <laughs> maybe or, maybe so Orioles defeated. great. Oriole great. Is that an, is that more correct? Legend might be a little strong. Uh, I mean, he's no Brady I, Anderson. Hmm. <laughs> I, I, Chris Davis. I love Nick Markakis because, yeah, he's solid. But, I mean, Dylan Bundy. he's been removed from the squad for quite Darren some O'Day. years now. And he didn't – I don't think he was on the team when they had their playoff run in the a few years back. So. Zach Britton when they didn't use him in the wildcard <laughs> game? I don't remember that. That guy doesn't have a job anymore, so don't worry <laughs> don't, about it. I don't recall. Uh, Michael Kopech. 
of the Chicago White Sox. Now, this one's interesting. He had Tommy John in 2018. He's a highly touted prospect. I was excited to see him. Yeah, I don't know what effect that's going to be because, well, we haven't really seen him. Yeah. Um, he's supposed to be good, but I, I try to be careful, or I'm starting to try to be careful with the whole highly tattered prospect for a guy who's been a highly tattered prospect for many years yeah, and hasn't right. proven anything yet. Right. It's like five years later. And he's yeah. two like, years away from being two years away. Justice was, Sheffield, huge prospect to the Yankees and Indians traded to the Mariners. <laughs> isn't uh, Wasn't he part of the Yohan Moncada trade? I believe so, yes. Yeah, it's a couple years old now. Yeah. No, so, no, no. I no, I don't think so. That's um Giolito. No, it's the Chris Sale trade. It's the Chris Sale trade, yes. yes. Uh still a couple years ago. Yeah. Um so I hey, Chris Sale ain't that good. I, I will say that this will this could be hurtful to a team that I think might be better than people think, but um we don't know anything about him. So. Um some other interesting ones. Buster Posey. I don't think anyone thought the Giants were going anywhere. And Posey hasn't been the same for a little bit. Right, right. His family just recently adopted twin girls who were uh, born prematurely. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman. Uh, I don't think that moves the needle for the Nationals, but I thought this would be a little kind of like... Again, that's a leader guy. Like a swan song sort of thing. Like maybe his last year that he can walk around the league and shake hands with a bunch of people and be like, well, not shake hands anymore, but kind of be like, I'm a World Series champion. Yeah. You know, I was kind of excited to see him have a little victory parade. Well, guess what? He is a World Series champion. That's true. And he can carry himself with that bravado for the rest of his life if he wants. Yep. Uh, the biggest fall from grace for a guy that for some reason no one would give him a contract, Ian Desmond. Uh, it's because Ian Desmond hasn't been very good. Well, but I mean, he was playing really well in Texas, and he was like, guys, who wants me? And everybody was like, nobody. Colorado took him. Yeah, yeah, he's still there. Uh, and then the two that I think are the most interesting, Jordan Hicks of the Cardinals. Hadn't fully recovered from Tommy John surgery yet. And he's got type 1 diabetes. Yeah, I mean, He's got diabetes. Um, that one I think is an interesting because I love that Cardinal staff and you know, he's a hard throwing reliever, 103 mile an hour yep. moving fastball. Yep. I was really interesting cause I am, I'm full disclosure as we will talk preseason. Uh, we will talk kind of looking forward. I really like the Cardinal staff a lot. I mean, if you listen last year, yeah, you know, Jack Flaherty, like all those guys that that's kind of my jam is yeah. St. Louis right now. It fits your baseball love in mm -hmm. the right spot it's like the really underrated unknown good pitchers you love i love them because even jacob Degrom kind of fits that bill mm -hmm. not that he's underrated but so many people are like yeah Degrom's not the best pitcher in baseball and you're just like yes yeah he, he is. is yeah who the hell are you and it's you like you don't watch baseball so you love that mm -hmm. and like that's the mm -hmm. entire cardinal staff yep yep you got michaelis and flaherty and the list goes on yeah that, that who's, the, who's the other one who pitched really well last year I'm sloppy right now. I know, me too. <laughs> <laughs> Giving that roster resource. Uh, the other interesting one, I think, uh, honestly, I didn't think he was going to be that great. However, he was going to pitch all season and be in the rotation. That's David Price for the Dodgers. The Dodgers, I think, are maybe the team. Dakota Hudson. Dakota Hudson, thank you. I think the Dodgers might be the team that COVID and this short season hurts the most. Because now Price isn't going to pitch. And you had to pick him up. Which is helpful in the playoffs. For the right. But you had to pick him up when you wanted Mookie. You're only getting two months of Mookie bets, and he's probably going to walk. Well, I mean, they I could give him sure a ton of money, that. but I mean, he's not re-signing. The Dodgers, the Dodgers he's do not, not give ton, tons of money to that many people. He's not re-signing before the season's over. No. He's so, going to test the market. Although, because of COVID, maybe he won't test the market. Right, right. 
Maybe so he I, doesn't want to risk that. So it's interesting to me. I think Although maybe I, the Dodgers don't want to pay him either because of well COVID. I don't think they're going to pay him. That's going to be fascinating moving forward. Little tiny aside is teams are losing money. Mm -hmm. What's the market going to look like next year? Do the Indians have a shot at re-signing Frankie Lindor? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Maybe more so than they ever would have. Yeah, like look at those teams. They won't. He's going to go somewhere else. But those are the kind of ideas, you know, if you're kind of like, hey, no one's going to offer you a ton of money, dude. Maybe you should come back. Yeah, stay here for not a ton of money. Yeah. We're guaranteed. changing our name to the Spiders. That's kind of cool, isn't it? That would be super rad. Uh, I like this text on the fan text line, 503-250-1080, the fan. Markakis is the Sean Figgins of the Angels. I love it. Ooh. Markakis is better than Sean Figgins. So much better. I also, but I did hate. But you like, you see Sean Figgins and you're like, Angels. I hate Sean Figgins. Really? Because when he was on the Angels, he demolished the Yankees. <laughs> And the you guys Yan- still won series. Who cares? But the Yankees played the Angels in the playoffs like three or four <clears throat> straight years in that gap between 001 and 09, and they lost every time. And Sean Figgins was a thorn in my side. So I was happy he struggled here in Seattle, or here, north, west in Seattle. <laughs> I'm so happy you suck! <laughs> yes, that's how I felt. Anyway, so that's that's kind of where we are with uh, the COVID update of, of guys sitting out. I'm sure there might be some, you know, lower end players. Not mean to poo poo on those guys too much, but that's kind of where we are with that. Uh, I think everything's going to be fine as far as these teams. I don't think anyone's taking a huge hit. I think the Marquecas one is tough for the Braves, but they did just sign Yasiel Puig. Not as good as Marquecas. I can't believe I'm saying that. Who'd you rather have, Nick Marquecas or Yasiel Puig? Mike's not Ooh, listening to me. No, I'm listening. Um, Marquecas. Yeah. Me too. I think he's so. More, he's more trustworthy. I think so. Although I enjoyed Puig on Cleveland. I actually did. I was kind of like, oh, God, here we go. And he was he was good. He was fine. Yeah, I think he, look, Puig is Puig. His personality is bigger than his talent. Yep. Uh, he will occasionally be in fuego hot and make crazy plays in the outfield and hit a bunch of home runs. And then he will occasionally strike out a ton and be completely useless, but be a lot of fun. Yeah. So Mark Hakey is just more consistent. Yep. All right. Coming up in the second hour is we'll, we'll get to that in a little bit. Uh, we're going to talk a little fantasy. And is it worth playing fantasy baseball this year? I'd like to do that at the bottom of the 8 o'clock hour. Plus, we got a little NBA talk. When we come back, story time with Uncle Patrick. This is the Hot Corner, 1080 The Fan. It's time to take a trip down memory lane. This is Storytime with Uncle Patrick, a look back on some of the most unusual events around America's pastime. In the bottom of the 10th, when Bill Mazeroski slammed the four-bagger to end the game and the series with victory for the Pirates. Beat revenge, a Cinderella story of baseball, and the hometown fans went berserk with joy. And forgotten stories from the major leagues. And that's the story of Mike Matheny and the bird poop. Gather round, folks. It's story time with Uncle Patrick on 1080 The Fan. Gather round, kids. This is the non-creepy way to do story time with Uncle Patrick, where I just want to talk to you about cool things that happened in baseball long, long time ago. And because it's uh, COVID, you can't put your hand on my shoulder. It's Look perfect. at me in the eye and go, let's have a talk in the other room. <laughs> well, the good news is, is I don't want to do that anyway. <laughs> Got that covered, buddy. That's good. That's good. Uh, so, I would have been okay with it. Yeah, so. yeah. So if a, a couple things, I've been I've been rewatching Ken Burns' uh, a baseball, uh, the the documentary, and it's it's so fantastic. It's on PBS, and you can download the app, the PBS app, and you can stream all that stuff for free. Oh. So if you've never seen baseball, 
uh, by Ken Burns. A shame on you. B. It's so great. Um, and I was watching. I was watching a little bit last night. And I'm in kind of the the like some sweet spot of like some serious baseball history, which is turn of the century kind of stuff, early 1900s. And if you've ever listened to me on this show, which is so funny because I was never a pitcher as a kid. I always wanted to be a second baseman. I love Joey Cora, Robbie Alomar. Those were kind of my guys, and I wanted to be a second baseman. Undersized, wanted to be quick, flashy, you know. That was kind of that was kind of my thing. I, I pitched until Babe Ruth League, mm-hmm. and then I also had played first base. Then I played first and catcher, and that was it. I was a decent pitcher growing up. Oh, cool. Yeah, I've nev- never even tried it. Never even crossed my mind. But as I grew older, pitching was just so fascinating to me. Like, I got very lucky. I got to watch a lot of Tommy Glavin, Greg Maddox, Randy Johnson, uh, Pedro Martinez. Roger Clemens. Roy Halladay. Who? Um, oh, come on. Uh, you, know, you got to watch and, him, and you enjoyed him despite all the cheating. And and you know, and as I get older now, today we were talking last segment. You know, I love Jack Flaherty. You know, I love Jacob Degrom. Uh, pitching for some reason has been something that's just so fascinating to me, and I think it's because there's so much mental side to it. And I was listening to this, and they started talking about Christy Mathewson, one of the greatest pitchers of all time. It's hard to really say where Christy stacks up. Because baseball is such a different game in the, in the early 1900s than it is now, um, but he did a lot of cool stuff. You know, like it, just some some career highlights of him. In case you're not familiar with him, uh, he had a 17 year career for the New York Giants. He won 373 games. He has a career ERA of 2.13, 79 career shutouts. Both of those are all time records. And 373 wins is still the most wins of a National League player. Because okay. Cy Young's at 5'11", if that number is correct off the top of my head. Uh, so one the, of the ERA is the record? The ERA is career ERA is 2-1-3 in 17 years. Yeah, that's good. 2-13. 79 career shutouts. I, I have a really hard time in my head trying to translate that to now. Right. I think the easiest way to translate this to, to now is to know that could could Christy pitch now? Probably not. But can any of those hitters hit now? Probably not. Right. You know, the, the toughest guys he's going up against against are Honus Wagner of the Pirates, Ty Cobb of the Tigers. That's kind of it. You know, so I think that's where baseball is a little easier translated. So what you're saying they say is... They say like NFL. But it sounds like you're saying that he was great for the time, but he's probably not one of the greatest pitchers of all time. That is not what I'm saying. Okay, that's kind of how it sounded like. He only faced two really tough hitters. Everybody else wouldn't have held a candle. But that's time. also how dominant he was. Okay. So that that's kind of so that so that's some cool stuff. Um, he kind of created this thing they call the fadeaway, a fadeaway pitch, which turned into the screwball. Um, so he's not kind often of, used. Yeah, he's kind of famous for that, and he learned that from uh, Rube Foster, who was is a black man who was not allowed to pitch. Uh, John McGraw, which is super funny, the the manager for the Giants, who had to have been majorly racist at the time, uh, brought in a black guy to teach them some things, and that's where he picked that up. Anyway, the reason I wanted to talk about this is because, oh, also, 2,507 career strikeouts, 848 walks. Wow. Yeah. Good ratio. I think that's pretty red. Good ratio. Yeah. I think that's pretty red. Yeah. Uh, This is what I want to talk about. In the 1905 World Series... The New York Giants played the Philadelphia A's, the Athletics. The Athletics that we know today in Oakland were in Philly, then they moved to Kansas City, then they moved to Oakland. 
He was the starting pitcher in game one, and he threw a complete game shutout. They lost game two. Three days later, series ties 1-1, goes in game three. Pitches, complete game shutout. (laughs) A couple days later, pitches another complete game shutout, and the Giants win the World Series over the A's. So it was only three games to one? Uh, Yes. Okay. Right? Three games to one? Let me look, let me look, let me look. Game five. Three games to one. Yep. On only six days. Christy Mathewson pitched 27 innings, three starts, 27 innings, zero runs, 14 hits. Okay, so. In what they call the greatest World Series performance of all time. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, My question is, and we got a text on this. I don't know the truth. You might from watching Ken Burns baseball again. His velocity was about 75 miles an hour. Fair. Was that his velocity? Probably. He's not Walter Johnson. Right. I've always been curious about the guys back in the day who just never stopped throwing. Their arms didn't go out because they're throwing 75 miles an hour. Right, but he had movement. Well, I know. All, all I'm saying is I've always had that question of, like, everyone back then just threw hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of innings, and it was right. just like no injuries, nothing. Right, but Tommy Glavin never had injuries. Neither did Greg Maddox. I'm, they, not, I'm not trying to make it a comparison. I was literally just asking the question. Just getting old. Is that why defensive. Christy Matthewson was able to do that? Because his velocity was down a little bit. Probably that helped. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah they also. Had, if you're out here throwing 95, you're not going to be able to do that. They also had giant sticks in their hand that they had to swing. That's true. And like <laughs> fingers on gloves, you know. Like, Did they have any rules about like pine tar and like sticky substances? I don't think pine tar existed. Well, they had something, right? I don't, I don't know. To grip the ball? I haven't got that Come far. Come on, Uncle Patrick. I haven't got that far. <laughs> Anyway, I just it was it was, it was really the spitball. it was really it, they had the spitball. The spitball was big back then, especially because he would uh, Christy got into uh, uh, rivalries with uh, three finger Mordecai and he was like the spit finger spitball king. So uh, <clears throat> it's just something cool. I think <clears throat> it's so that easy. Is incredible that you're able to do <clears throat> all the wins for your team in the World Series where you pitching complete game shutouts. Yeah, like you literally are. You're you did the winner. It. You did it. You're the World Series champion. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's so easy for us, you know, and baseball's full of stats. The fact that we have these stats from the turn of the century is incredible. I just think it's so easy for us to look back at, you know, the Honus Wagners, the Ty Cobbs, the Christy Mathewsons, the Walter Johnsons, uh, and not really appreciate how great they were. And Christy Mathewson was a great guy, too. It sounds like he wasn't a terrible person. Like what Ty are, Cobb. Like Ty Cobb, uh, his nickname. His nicknames are Big Six, the Christian Gentleman, Maddie, and the Gentleman's Hurler. Which is funny because he played for John McGraw, who was maybe one of the biggest a holes in the history of Major League Baseball. Old, old-timey baseball nicknames and stuff, <clears throat> the best. Big Six, the absolute best. I want to be called Big Six. I love the Christian Gentleman. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. There's no nicknames like His that. His name's anymore. Christy. Like, that's so rad. <laughs> One of the nicknames, I'd <clears throat> let him date my daughter. <laughs> and that's I'd let him date my daughter on the mound. He's, He's a, worth pitching a whirlwind today. He's a keeper. Mashy man. Mashy man, man. Yeah, that's how everyone talked <clears throat> back then. Uh, he's two time, a fact. two-time World Series champion in 1905 and 1921. Hashtag real news. Get it, bud. Five-time NLERA leader. Um, I was only I pulled, five times, but he had a career two one five ERA. <laughs> I mean, what, dude? In nineteen oh five, he had a, he he was thirty one and nine with a one point two eight ERA. Thirty one and nine. 
he sucks. Only he had nine losses. Dude, where's the forty and zero? Come on. In from nineteen oh one to nineteen fourteen, he won over twenty games every year except for one. And then in oh three oh four oh five oh eight, he won over thirty games. In oh eight, he won. He was thirty seven and eleven with a one point four three. In nineteen oh nine, he had a one point one four. Whoa. Whoa, 37 like, wins. Wins don't mean anything. <laughs> 373 wins. That's the most of a National League pitcher of How all time. How many of those were quality starts? Yeah, I think I I think all of them. <laughs> Actually, I wonder if it says it on this. <laughs> I don't know. I can't look. But uh, six innings of at least three runs. I bet you almost all of his starts were quality starts. Yeah, if he's if his got, ERA is in the twos and ones. Yeah, average innings pitched. Oh, yeah. I mean, like eight. In 1908, he pitched 390.2 innings. Mm. Is there no QS stat for him? Uh, I don't think there's QS stats on uh, uh, baseball reference. Really? Yeah, I don't think QS. QS is a new term. What? Baseball reference has a ton of stats. Like yeah, all of them. They, they don't, I, don't, I don't see quality stats. Okay. Like quality stats is a fairly new new stat. Like, I don't think they've been following quality. I mean, I guess someone could go back and try to figure out quality stats. Oh, I'm sure that ESPN Stats and Info has done that at some point. On Christy Matthewson? I don't know about that. Anyway. Is it, yeah, is that like a futile experiment? Yeah, yeah. Uh, at well, 300- how many starts did he have in his career? 552. How many were quality? 540. At 373. Really back and looking. Um, let's, let's see. Most wins as a pitcher all time. MLB. Uh, that's got to be number two. Oh, it's oh wow! He's tied with Pete Alexander at three because Walter Johnson, who pitched in the American League, has four seventeen and then tie at five eleven. Oh, I love that! I know that that's five eleven. Anyway, that's that. Yeah, there's no quality starts. I'm looking. I'm looking around too. Yeah, I think quality, I googled quality starts Christy Matthewson, and the first thing is missing quality. Yeah, I mean, like, are there quality starts for Pedro Martinez? Know. You know, because I don't know, man. I think that I think that stat is a fairly new stat. Once people started getting away from wins, people started focusing on quality starts, which mm. I still think is a bloated category. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess that is not. I thought I swore it was on baseball reference. It is not. I would say a quality start is six innings, three runs or seven innings, four runs. Not this six inning, four run garbage. I thought it was six and three. I thought it was six and four. Clearly, we know. What we're Clearly, we know what we're talking about. We need to we need to brush up. Well, we got a week. We got a week. All right. Crash course time. Crash course time. I promise we love baseball. All right. When we come back, we're going to switch gears and kind of shift into a little NBA talk. Plus, we got fantasy at the bottom of that. We'll do all that next. Hot Corner, Tenny the Fan. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this. Why? A lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 